Hardly Wrestling is Hard, where besides the dark side of the ring. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at hard, hard, number four wrestling. Email us questions and complaints at wrestlingishard at gmail.com. I'm Jim. Brandon, hello. Hello, Jim. Hello. How was your Eagles adventure you want to talk about? Well, I just told the story beforehand, but uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was 42 degrees and and soaking wet uh, against the Jaguars, you know, game of the year, good times. But the, the the boys are four and zero. The Phillies are in the playoffs for the first time since 2011. Any of this getting you back into the local sports scene, Jim? Nope. <laughs> Haven't even considered it. Not at all. Sorry. Not a red Oct- a red October won't do it. I did it once. I did How it about red you, October Chris? 2008. I'm good. Yeah, I'm all. I mean, look, I watch sports because I work where they watch sports. I don't watch them at home, uh, but I will enjoy watching playoff games at work. That's all I really got. I mean, what a guy barfing in his eyes at the Eagles game get you going? That I'll watch. That I'll watch ten times, ten times a day. I will tell you this. Yes, do it. What I kind of don't get is this. So, you know, we've we've. It's perfectly okay to insult the shit out of somebody online in social media forums for and kind of look down on them for being a sports fan. I don't know why this is okay. We're not allowed to. You, you shouldn't. I'm not, I, I won't say we're not allowed because you can do whatever the fuck you want. You know my feeling on that. Uh, but you really shouldn't, you know, make fun of people for the way they look, the way they dress, their whatever. Shouldn't do it. But if you're a sports fan. And I guess it's because it's associated with a certain type of person. It's perfectly okay to mock sports fans for being sports fans online. I don't see this. I see it all the time. Hmm. I don't understand how grown men can watch other grown men play a game and be so excited. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I will like, say. Some, I, some people are just I fucking haters. I look, once again, I don't care, but it's just like, you know, I just, I've been on this big, I've been on this big pointing out hypocrisy crap. Kick the last few weeks uh, because, you know, we're all fucking hypocrites. If you just admit it, it's cool. Be a hypocrite. But I just, I find it funny. Brandon, good. Uh, I will say the like local sports, as we were just talking about this guy, they're like, ooh, sports ball. Like that kind of specific kind of hipster is just worn its welcome out with me where I'm like, I get it. it you don't, you, you don't like sports. It's, it's no longer hip to not like sports. Just shut the fuck up about it. It's okay. I don't talk about shit that you don't like. Well, when I was when I was uh, younger, you know, I was a big Eagles fan. Every every fucking sport, they all they all come around when they realize they're missing out on the fun. Before you know it, every fucking hipster's got a friggin' Sixers shirt on or something like that. You'll see it. It happens. Yeah, it happened at the Super Bowl. Happened with the Phillies. Phillies for uh, sure. And '07. Yeah, 100%. Was Everybody was like, year. oh, the, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't sell tickets to a brand new stadium. They were, you know, I mean, baseball's like that, right? It's a different animal. You get in the middle of August and it's 100 degrees and nobody wants to sit in South Philly in the fucking heat right. and sweat their ass off and watch a team lose in a sport that is relatively slow. Right. So, you know, I get it. But then it was, ah, oh, Phillies, Phillies. Everybody was a Phillies, a Phillies fan. I got to get a Phillies hat. And now they're, you know, that's just the nature of it. Sports fans and Italians. Italians, you can just make fun of relentlessly. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. True. But th- you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Growing up as in an Italian American family, they deserve it. Yes, they do. 
Maron, hey, Maron, hey, Gabagoo. Hey, hey. Maron, sky's the me, Gabagoo. Hey, A lot of this oh, hand. Gabagoo, Gabagee. It is funny that there's like, that's I the last. That Go ahead. No, I was gonna, he was going to say, say I learned that on Duolingo. Yeah, ready. That's like the last beacon of tropey racism. It's like we've stuck up for everyone, but the Italians, you can just keep being like, I'm Luigi Primo. I make it a pizza. I'm a fucking idiot. Oh, national television. Yeah. <laughs> oh, national TV. <laughs> well, I mean, you're kicking them in the face. And Italians don't get mad. That's the thing. They just say, oh, fuck yeah. yeah I know cool. something to do. That's cool. Our people have been around since the turn of the, the, turn of the millennia. More Italians have fought and died for this country and the military of the United States of America than any other ethnicity. Which is true, but who cares? I mean, that's true. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to them, but still. They got bullied like a motherfucker. Yeah. That's all right. They heard it. Uh, let's talk about wrestling. How about that? And let's, Chris, you got Ooh, anything? No, I have something about? to show. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. So, wrestling podcast. And uh, if you watch on video, you know that um, this is, it is an intersection of my two worlds, the wrestling and the action figure uh, podcast. Well, not podcast, but uh, this week I attained from 1986 Sergeant Slaughter oh, no and shit. the Triple T Tag Team Terminator. Is that what the t- his tank is? Look at that thing. That's pretty sick. Yep. Get, let's get a close There's up the of him. There he is. He's so buff. So, Sergeant Slaughter never looked couple that things. good. A couple things. Sergeant Slaughter. Jim Slaughter, the sergeant, sergeant uh, in the Marine Corps, uh, never served one second in the United States military. <laughs> unlike the Italians. Unlike, yeah, unlike the, the Italians. Italians. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number two, I got three things. Number two, <laughs> traded traded on G.I. Joe logo on his uniform without asking Hasbro for quite a while in the a- AWA because nobody was watching or gave a shit. Very good. And three... Was never at any point in his career or life that fucking buff. Look at him tits. Look at him. Look at the fucking traps on him. <laughs> yeah, he is pretty buff. Look at the fucking traps. He was a barrel in real life. I mean, his head looks good, he though. Used, he used to, yeah, he's great. And he used to annoy me that the way his back is shaped, I could never stick him in my helicopter uh-huh. and have him stay in the seat. And he was a sergeant, so he would sit in the seat in the helicopter because that's where the sergeant would sit. That's what I always thought. <laughs> And he fell out. Well, he couldn't. Well, first of all, he couldn't sit in the front because his hat was so dumb that the cockpit wouldn't close. And then his back was so dumb because he's buff. Peg in there because he's buff. There you go. So the tag it's funny you brought that up. I just saw a video. The box I got. This. I just saw a video of Sergeant Slaughter earlier today. Yeah, good. On TikTok, and it was like one of those adult uh, wrestling fans that goes to. That's all I really need to say. <laughs> that goes to. That goes to autograph signings. It's funny that we make fun of adult wrestling fans because we are adult wrestling fans. If anything, I am. But why can't they? Why do they have to be geeks? I'm not a geek. Yeah, you are. You just it's no, it's, a it's like you just are. comic book guy. You know who I'm talking about. It was like him and Brutus the Barber Beefcake, like with a cane, going into a, a comic book shop in fucking Ithaca, New York, or some sad place like that. And the guy was like, Brutus, <laughs> did you? Everybody. Did you really uh did you really cut uh, people's hair or did you have a prop to to do that? And he's like, Well anybody except Sergeant Slaughter's hair and he panned over to old Sergeant Slaughter sitting there, sitting there with like a big Dunkin' Donuts coffee. 
bald, <laughs> takes his hat off. I'm like, man, it is not the, the heyday era, not the heyday, the, the twilight years for these guys is not pretty. They're like, <laughs> they're getting on weird, like, Spirit Airlines planes to the city or uh, cities and towns that no other airline goes to and <laughs> making, like, a net, like, 80 bucks after after the flight costs to sign a couple things. But anyway, I was just thinking about him earlier. It's funny he came up. Yeah, hey, I met I met Rikishi at a weird comic book store in Philadelphia, so we're there. Rikishi, yeah, I think I would show out for him. Yeah. What do we got? What do we got? Okay, speaking of uh, wrestlers who were worn down, uh, oh Jesus Christ, uh, Antonio Noki died. Legendary professional wrestler of New Japan Pro Wrestling, fame. Um. Legendary Carney <laughs> forced his company out of business multiple times and attempted to do it with North, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, but he RIP'd. He wouldn't look as though hot by the end. Chris, you got any uh, thoughts uh, about uh, good old Antonio Inoki? No, he was the uh, – what was what would we consider him? I guess like the godfather or the grandfather of MMA? Yes. Right? I mean, he literally, le- legitimately did fight Ali. Um very weird situation, but you know, um, Muhammad Ali, we're talking about not, yeah, not Ali, Muhammad Ali. Not, who, Mustafa Ali from WWE. No, 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 Muhammad Ali. Um, very, uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's a whole backstory to it. We're not, I'm not going to get into it. There's books out there. Go read them. Go look online. Wikipedia. I heard this is website. It's got a lot of information on it. I think it's, uh, what's it called? Uh, Wikipedia. It's all true. <laughs> so go check that out. But, um, yeah, he was a legitimate shoot wrestler. Legitimate martial artist, um, and would sl- people would line up to get their faces slapped. Jim, would you get your face slapped by Anoki? I think I would. Absolutely. I think I would let Anoki-san slap my face. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I'd be in that big line, that famous like video of the giant line going in the ring and all the way up the ramp at like Tokyo Dome with his music shit. playing, and yeah. he's just cracking the shit out of somebody. Also, some of the best entrance music in wrestling history. Yeah, absolutely. You hear that That's shit? The crowds crazy. would go absolutely insane. So, uh, was it, um, uh, Minoru Suzuki said that when he was growing up, there was Common Rider, you know, the TV show Common Rider, there's Ultraman, Antonio Inoki was bigger than all of that. Like, they were for little kids, Antonio Inoki was the tops. Everybody wanted to be like him. It's like saying you're better than Superman. Like, that guy's the hero. Pretty cool. Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, I don't have too much. It's not uh, – I don't feel like I'm properly educated to eulogize him. But uh, I, you did send me that video of him on his pretty much deathbed there, it appeared like. And it, it's always strange to see athletes that are at that age where it's a, a complete skeleton, but you can still see there's like giant shoulders and, and uh, jaw sticking out. And you're like, man, this guy was fucking something. I can't imagine what I'm going to look like going out. I'm that old if this guy looks like that. Uh, rest in peace. Slammed Hulk Hogan a couple of times. Not just was it, or Andre the Giant. He slammed Andre the Giant a couple of times, not just Hulk Hogan. Good. Did does anybody know if WWE paid tribute to him last night? I have no idea. I didn't watch. Just out of curiosity. I'm sure they did. Everybody did. Yeah, I mean, I just. Uh, I, I found it. I just found it interesting. I was just curious because I, I, I actually turned it on just to see, mm-hmm. and they didn't do it in the first. You know, when the show started, they usually do the little, you know, the the card. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't see it, and then I um, 
but sometimes, most times, when it's somebody that didn't really work for them, like they're not a WWE guy, it doesn't start the show. They mix it into the middle of it. I was just curious. Hey, wait until coming up. What's that? I don't see anything coming up that, that they did. I don't see why they wouldn't. It might have just been flashed on the screen or something like that. Well, he is a he is a uh, Hall of Famer for them. He is former. Oh, they had mentioned that he had won the title but never was recognized. On SmackDown? I saw that somewhere. Oh, here we go. Yeah, they did flash something. It looks like at least in the arena. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious. There you go. All right, Pete. Good for them. Yes, Godfather of MMA for Muhammad Ali. Stealing money. Still stole lots of money. (laughs) Steal lots of money. There's there's an Okiism where he decided he wanted to make... New Japan uh, MMA and Pride fighting, and it almost collapsed New Japan. He had magical powers for a while. Oh, he did, yeah. He was he was yeah, using yeah. Uh, mesmerism. Yeah. He was mesmerizing people. <laughs> and eventually he thinks he could still beat people. Like, he would not take a bump for anybody, I'm sure, to this day. Well, there if anybody go. wants to see Inoki at his best slash worst slash one of the saddest things I've ever seen is him. Laying a fucking horrible beat down on the great Antonio. Yes, that's a wild one. Yeah, it's 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 sad. You there's a real the there's a real guy. bad match where he uh he's on the jungle. There's a jungle match between him and Mr. Saito, I believe. Where there's like giant fires going. The match is fucking terrible. They flew them in to go fight in a jungle. <laughs> that's fucking terrible. So good, I love it. It's so bad. It's terrible. Like was that great Antonio? Was that when he, the guy wasn't selling for him, so he just starts really cooking him, till he's just like concussed on the, the ground well, in the corner. Yeah, he beats know, the shit out of him. If you if you watch that match, I always took it as this. I've seen that video quite a few times, and um, I always say like this: if you watch that video, he's no selling. And but that was his thing, a- Antonio. Great Antonio's thing was the no sell. It wasn't that it doesn't look like if you watch it, it's not that he was no selling. That's to be expected, especially if it's your gimmick. At one point, he really, really stiffs the shit out of the Noki in the back. And the Noki, whose face is one way the entire match, and then he gets stiffed on the forearm shot to the back of the head. And he comes up and he has a whole different fucking demeanor about him after that shot. And that's when the ass beating begins. And it's really bad. And here's the other thing. Uh, I, I remember Bill Goldberg saying this about when he got, I think he got, who did he get beat up by Dave Taylor or Regal, one of the two. And he said, he's like, you know, it, it, it really doesn't make you all that tough if somebody's giving your fuck their fucking body up to you. You know, if somebody's standing there and thinking you're going to work and punch them and you just crack them into chops, that doesn't make you that tough. It makes you a fucking asshole. Right. So. I mean, he shoots, he's taking, taking double legs and then popping them in the face. It's really sad, and uh, it's kind of gross. There you go. The, le- the legendary. Legend. <laughs> but you can't together. get to find the guy by one thing. I'm just pointing out this thing that happened, that's all. He was huge. I'd still let him slap my face. Yep. Especially his corpse. One of the funniest eulogies I, I ever heard was that, that that guy Joey Diaz. He was talking about some club owner, and he he does that at uh, kind of like what you just did, where you just drift into all the sh- sh- fucked up stuff that they did. And he goes, he he zones out, and he goes, yeah, that guy did a lot of creepy things. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the funniest way you could close out somebody's yeah, life. Did a lot of creepy shit. 
wrestler. I believe in the text thread we have. I said Carney's gonna Carney. Yep. That's what they fucking do. Yep. New Japan uh, frog. New Japan pan, New Japan plan to name him their honorary chairman of the board or something like that. They had that coming out at their next show, and uh, they've decided to not do it. So there you go. They're just gonna do a tribute to him. R.I.P. He couldn't make it. He'd manage to steal money from him dead if he was the fucking chairman of the board. <laughs> he still managed to fucking, fucking corny them. Steal the coins out of their eyes as they died. <laughs> like a true brigand that he was. All right, Brandon, I got a question for you. Are you sick of this bullshit backstage at AEW yet or what? I, yeah, I mean, unless it involves a guy biting somebody else, I've been sick of it. So, the, only thing, the only time I wasn't sick of it was a brief moment in time. So... Uh, Andrade and, uh, once again, Sammy Guevara are going at it on social media, calling each other liars. And according to the story, he did it. Andrade did an interview with, uh, I believe, a Mexican. I'm to assume it was a Mexican podcast or streaming service or something like that. And he basically said that he, uh, he was, you know, it was, they were going, I guess Sammy Guevara complained that he was hitting them too hard and, like, complained and was whining about it. And, I don't know, but then they start fighting on social media, and I think, come on with this shit. Real quick, let's talk about AEW real fast, because I just want to say this. I am, they got like whether it's whether it's whether it's their fucking it's a storyline or it's real. They've got about 20 storylines going where someone wants to quit the company. Like this is fucking terrible. Brandon thoughts? Yeah, it went. Every single time they came to Philadelphia until this past week, and I'm like, was just relieved. It just felt good to to not uh, be at it, which I think says a lot. Um, this it's interesting for me because I wasn't really around in a sense where I was giving a shit about dirt sheets during WCW, but uh, so for me this is the first time I'm looking at Vince McMahon through a different lens of being like, well, look what happens when you try to let these guys just have a little bit of freedom and it just it's just idiot after idiot popping up uh, on a weekly basis at this point they can't i think i saw you say this jimmy can't they can't get through one week without somebody having to like disparage the business it's just you know yeah let's not pretend that this type of shit doesn't happen to wwe i'm sure they're fist fighting backstage and arguing all the time the problem is that they have somebody that's like you are not allowed to put this on social media or you're fired or you're suspended or you won't end up on tv and then you got these guys bickering you know what I mean? Like every job has people that don't like each other. That's just work, especially when you work with as many people. Look at the roster of AEW. How many fucking people are on there? People are not going to like each other. It's a matter of doing your job, though. You got to go out there and fucking do it. And this shit is just corny at this point. Chris, thoughts? Yeah, it's funny. Um, <clears throat> there. First of all, I just want to say that every job does have people that you don't like, and that my job, I'm that person for everybody else. It's <laughs> kind of all centralized in a spider web of hate and i'm the spider in the middle that everyone hates <laughs> so spider webs out for me i'm that guy um yeah we talked about it uh well first of all you have no boss right i mean for the longest time we you know there were people that i think there's still a lot of people out there that think that kenny omega and the young bucks are part owner of this con- company which they're not um, you have people who are in, um, all right. When I'm at work, uh, 
and my boss tells me to do things a certain way, I do them. Whether I think they're right or wrong, my boss told me to do it that way, and that's what I do. It's not my job to question what my boss wants me to do. Uh, my input is appreciated, but at the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, and there's no, it doesn't seem that there's a boss in this, in this, in this company. I mean, there's a guy who owns it, right? And then a bunch of other people kind of maneuvering and telling, you know, doing whatever the fuck they want. Uh, and the big thing is the social media thing. Any job, any job, you bitch and moan about your coworkers or your job on social media, they're going to fucking fire you. It's like standard practice at this point. You know, you get on there and you say, I hate Buffalo Wild Wings. Buffalo Wild Wings is going to fire you. Now, I don't know anything about Buffalo Wild Wings. Chris, are you a big Buffalo Wild Wings fan? I've never had any. Not that I ever worked there or anything. <laughs> um, it wasn't, it's not like at, at one point in my life that was the only place that would hire me. I'm just saying <laughs> that I'm just using that business out of, you know, just random chance. Right. But if you if you bitch and moan about work on, on social media, I would expect to get fucking fired or to be severely reprimanded. Um, and you're also in a business that is loaded with egos and the nature of the business. You go out there and you beat each other up. So there's going to be I mean, I think that in any in any this is not a normal situation, right? We're, we're fucking we're in a world that no other company in the world or no other business in the world is like. You're you're in there. So I, I think that as a boss, there has to be allow, an allowance for some kind of guys getting in each other's faces, guys not liking one another. It's got a lot of egos. You have to give them a wide berth of the shit they can get away with and the shit they can't. But at this point, you, you just got to start fucking shit canning people or telling them to shut the fuck up or you're fired because this is sad. And if it's all a work, it's even more sad because, you, like Jim said, you got – 20 I'm quitting stories going on in one fucking company. These guys, if this continues, there's no way that this company can fucking survive. They're going to end up on Sinclair Media with the Ring of Honor title. That's it. Um, it begs to, you know, the question is, wrestling has like uh, waves. You know, like when things are big and, you know, like the Attitude Era, um, the NWO, WCW, uh, most recently, I guess the big thing would be New Japan Pro Wrestling before AEW. New Japan Pro Wrestling was the top, then the pandemic happened. Uh, and now we have AEW, who was ascendant. Are we three years in AEW now? Three years is like a magic number, man. Like It looks like we <laughs> we are at a precipice of whether this, because this, to me, honestly, and we talked about it right before we came on, I don't. I'm not enjoying this. I do not enjoy AEW now, especially since all the bullshit. It's like, it's not cool anymore. It lost its edge. It lost its newness. And to me, it's becoming, it's becoming cornball. And it's becoming amateur. And I'm not that excited to get, like, that we turned down going. We could have gotten tickets for super cheap and just gone. It's not far from us. It was a hurricane, whatever. But, you know, I just, it's just, it doesn't have the same, it doesn't have the same sachet that it used to have. Brandon, final thoughts on this? Four more thoughts. 
I think it's the lack of storytelling is what's been the most su- surprising to me. Um, it always felt like that was the hole in the market with WWE being the only show in town. And you're like, if you're going to start this, there's so much more to be done. And it's and it's probably the hardest thing to do in pro wrestling because there's just no real reason why all these people should be constantly wrestling each other. Constantly like this fighting. It's, like the, unless... it's the, the crux of the problem with pro wrestling. And it's just we your expectations are low, but they're not non-existent. Um, and I think I, at least I mentally had chalked that up to being a WWE thing. And uh, we were generally excited to see like, hey, these guys uh, at this point had grown up during the 80s and 90s pro wrestling when this, the storytelling was strong. At least I, I think that it was. Uh, it's remembered as that to me. Um, as they must have something more that they want to do. And you watch these guys. It, it's obvious that they have the control because if they don't, who does? We, well, nobody thinks Tony Khan does. And they're just c- kind of just kicking the opportunity right into the fucking gutter is what it seems like. Or if I would have paid any amount of money, even the cost of the Uber for me to get from my spot in Philadelphia to the Leah Cora Center and watched uh, a 20-minute segment where the crux of it was uh, a purple bucket hat being given to a, a kid. You're just like, this. they're really just not... And that's their best guy at storytelling is Chris Jericho. Like This is really just a disappointing effort by the, the wrestlers. Chris, I have thoughts. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, we you, you said that we decided not to go it was not even a thought right we never actually even really so think about it it wasn't just that we decided we sat down and we talked about it and decided not to go it was do you want to go no right number one that was the first thing um number two yeah that's what you said right uh no storytellers i mean even in the wcw days when they were hot for a little bit you know, if you get into, I believe I'm, we mentioned the Nitro, the Guy Guy Evans book. If you get into it, it there is creative issues. Uh, but if you really look at it, there were no more creative issues than uh, WWE had um, during the heyday of Nitro. I mean, you know, they all did some bad shit. Uh, we all, often talk about the fact that, like, WCW had these great undercards on Nitro and shitty main events. And WWE, if you go back and watch that Attitude Era stuff, the undercard is absolute garbage and the main events are good. It's just the opposite, right? So, you know, both companies were 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 guilty of putting some shitty stuff on television. Um, the difference between the two was that, um, you know, you had, an, you, had, you had a merger which kind of ate up WCW, whatever. That's the, 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 the one story behind that. But I guess what I'm getting at is that you both of those companies, you had a direction that you were going in and you followed that person's direction. Right. So you had Eric Bischoff, you followed the direction that, and, that, and the booking committee and the way that they were going to go. Or you went with Vince McMahon, you followed the way that his vision went. And that was it. Now you have two. You have people who have no there have to be like you you can't have all colonels right you can't have all officers you have to have rank and file guys who understand their place and do what they're told and the guys that are able to do what they're told without being watched without being and this goes for any kind of job if you go and you're the guy that can do his job without being told you know or uh watched over uh chris i need you to go do this and you do it without fucking it up you do it to the best of your ability every time the results always good that's what makes a business move forward. 
when you have a million guys going in a million different directions, it just goes to shit and it makes no sense. And this is what's going on with them is that there is no like the ship is not being steered. Right. It's just kind of like, all right. Yeah. okay, Yeah. You guys do this. Oh, you think that's a good. All right. Guys do that. And and it's just I don't know when I got a, a text from a friend that was there and said that the fans are booing the shit out of Tony Khan. Tony Khan is not an on-air personality, right? Tony Khan isn't Eric Bischoff, and Tony Khan isn't Mr. McMahon, where they've created this persona that they portray as a heel or a babyface, and you like or dislike them based on that persona. This is just a dude being himself. And I think that there's like you're starting to see cracks in the armor of these people who are AWAW because it's not WWE and we're going to love it because they have these guys that I really like. And they're starting to get like, what the fuck are you doing with these guys? And who are they going to boo? They're going to boo the guy. He's he. They're booing. They're not booing a character. They're booing a person. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like booing the coach on a football team. Yeah. Right. Like. I, yeah. Exactly. And it's just. I, I don't know. It's very. It's very. It's very hard for me to wrap my head around like how what's going on with this company. All other than that, it's a fucking mess. And when you talk about the stuff like you said, what's going on backstage? You say, are you sick of it? It's just like I said. I don't even. It's so dumb and it's so pointless and it's so childish and it's so gross that I don't even think about it. It's right. Like, you oh, walk yeah, away happens. from it. That's the way. That's the thing. Like, if this was happening in your real life and your friends were acting like this week in, week out, you'd be like, I ain't hanging out with these fucking guys this week. You go to a party and then after a certain hour, the party gets weird and you go the fuck home. You go the fuck home. You're like, I'm you start looking at people party. and they look like they might be doing coke. <laughs> It's time to go. Yeah, I got to get out of here, man. I got to go, man. It's 11 o'clock. Everybody's gone. You just got the weirdos left. The partiers are left. It's like, all right, time to go home. Go to bed. Yeah. I hope for the best for AW, I guess. Because <laughs> what are we going to talk about? Stardom? It only, <laughs> New Japan's not great. I'm not going back to WWE. It's not happening. And from what I can see, it's not the Triple H effect is not all that strong. It's. It's still WWE. Yeah. 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 Uh, do you know what's going on, Chris, with this like White Rabbit, Bray Wyatt thing? Have you paid any attention oh, there, to that? I, I probably as much as you do. No. Okay. Just through social media. I guess they're giving QR codes on the screen that are giving numbers and dates. And, you know, it's who knows. And they're playing one at the stadium. <laughs> You know, so who gives it? I don't fucking I don't fucking know. I'm not I'm at not least as they're trying. Out. Their numbers are great. As, Go ahead, Brent. I'm I'm not as out on WWE as you are, Jim. Not not that I have any high expectation, but I'm like, okay. Like this is AEW has now somehow lowered the bar again here where I'm like, we gotta talk about something. We're gonna have to talk about something. Well luckily we had something really good to talk about. Well, here here's I'm sorry, let me just say one more thing. Here's the thing about WWE. When you think about Jim, if you think about who you would really like out of everybody like when you th- all right so when we were watching wwe heavily you think about the guy i, I i'm going to say for you probably i'm going to take one on a limb and say probably uh daniel bryan would be somebody that you would be interested in a storyline for wwe well he's fucking gone right we mm-hmm. know this is obvious he's not there anymore and the guy that you relate to the most and you want to see um uh, being a, 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 a nuanced storyline that's really going to get you involved in it. He doesn't work for the company anymore. You know what I mean? Um, as good as AJ Styles has been for them, he, AJ Styles is kind of like, 
you know, one side or the other. He's like in the he's he's only one step of the line or or the like one step over the line in each each way towards when he's a baby face and a heel. Great wrestler, but like, you know, personality wise, he's probably one of the better ones they've had. But other than him, there's really nothing. Right? I mean, they got guys that's that why really work, but it's just like there's like you don't have anybody that's pulling me, that's making me watch. That's why I mentioned that White Rabbit thing because it's supposed to be Bray Wyatt, and then like if if I, yeah, you know, in the future I'm, I'm wrestling pop up, and some kids asking me who were the interesting storytellers of that decade, I he, I think he would be close to the top of that list, and it yeah, and Bray Wyatt. So I'm like, well, maybe he can fucking do something. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. Move the needle. Let's see. Anyway. I'm not coming back. <laughs> I'm not coming back to WWE. I'm not doing it. You guys can, if you make me do it, I'll do it. And I will complain the whole time. I can't wait. I can't wait. Like, we're going to be doing this podcast in like five years, 10 years. 20 listeners, though. And you're going to have like 22 listeners. <laughs> and he's going to, Jim's going to be like, I just want to remember this date if WWE ever gets really good. Because Jim will point out the fact that he'll have a, I'm never Colburn Brack. And they talk about how great it is. So. If we have anything, it's it's staying power here. We're we're not we're not budging away from putting down that content every week. Hard work. We're going to go. We're grinding. Grind. Yep. Ninety six downloads a couple of weeks ago. I figured out why. In my descriptor, I mentioned Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> That's how we ended up. Keep doing it. I'm gonna keep on. I'm just gonna put a bunch of different weird shit this, in there. The show is kind of like Game of Thrones. <laughs> What's hot right now? <laughs> Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones. Just sneak it in a couple times. <laughs> I listened to this because I wanted to hear about Game of Thrones. It turns out just wrestling podcast. wrestling Fuck dorks. these guys. I wanted to hear them talk about how there's black people, black elves, and how mad I am. Anyway, let's talk about the start of Black Hobbit. Star. You're talking Black Hobbit right now? Black Hobbits. <laughs> Five-star Grand Prix 2022, the final was the last weekend. I rented it. Yep, I bucked up. I watched that shit What's that live. Cost? 40 bucks? No. I forget how much it was. It was like $35. Dropping 70 on crap-ass AEW. Dude, it was it was fucking totally worth it. 100%. Yep, I, stay, I got up late at night. I watched it. We had a Razor Ramon Hard Gay on, um, on commentary, which was awesome. You guys familiar with Razor Ramon Hard Gay? No, I'm not. Um, but I, I thought that I, was was that the guy in the Village People outfit? Yes, yeah, it's Razor Ramon. I thought that Hard was Milano Collection. No, that's his cousin. <laughs> I just assumed. <laughs> but uh, there was some uh, the pomp and circumstance. It was uh, quite the fucking show. Um, I'm gonna bang through some stuff real quick. Uh, first up, Mina Shirakawa defeats Natsupoi. That was a big fucking match. I'm not going to go through all these matches, but I'm going to talk about the stuff that was fucking wild as shit. Um, we had a bunch of people that were tied going into this. Uh, Chris, how are you feeling about Momo Watanabe defeating Hazuki? How about that match? She's the most interesting heel in wrestling right now, I believe. Right? I mean, she's just... I'm enthralled when I see her. I... I um. I was watching this uh, yesterday, uh, and when this match came on, uh, right as the match before it ended, 
Um, you brought up Natsupoi Amina Shirakawa uh, with Natsupoi losing to a fucking figure four, which blew me the fuck away. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, I've never seen – I don't think I've ever seen that. All my years of wrestling, I don't think I've ever seen anybody tap out to the figure four. Dude, Amina Shirakawa gets down and sits down and makes Natsupoi grapple with her? Dude. Yep. Yeah, it was good. Fucking was, awesome. She was butt scooting. That was mm-hmm. good. Um, but Momo, I ran upstairs. This is where I'm at with Momo. I ran upstairs to do whatever, get a drink, do whatever. I came downstairs. Momo was in the ring. I had to rewind because I had to see her come out. I, I, she's, I'm enthralled. I'm, I'm, uh, captivated. She's by awesome. Momo. Yeah. And she has a fucking murderous finisher. Yep. Peach bomb. And, I thought I had to actually Google it because I forgot she was the black peach. Mm-hmm. And when I saw the screen behind her, I thought it said black bitch. <laughs> apparently it said black peach because <laughs> she was blocking the bottom part. And I was like, does that say black bitch? And when I Googled Momo Watanabe, black bitch, black face. Black I face, got black porn. Bitch. Nice. Excellent. Really weird. Awesome. Good. Do that on do that on your uh, incognito. Brandon, thoughts on this match? Yeah, just uh, on Momo, same feeling over here. Um, Jimmy, uh, very appreciative that Jimmy shares his uh, love for stardom with me. But sometimes when I see that I have seven hours of Joshi wrestling to watch, my first thought is like, ah, fuck me. Just Mine's is what it is. Him, I'm being, but there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I respect him enough not to, to uh, say fuck you, Jimmy. But I'm I'm like, oh fuck me, this is going to be a, a thing. So I started with Momo uh, and Kirkuin, just because I'm like, this will get me in a good mood. Uh, th- but skipping to to this match, Jesus Christ, love the baseball bat uh, coming out with that. Hazuki, you know, at a point in this thing, in my memory, was uh, trending towards the top, and she just kept losing, 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 and and uh, it looked like to this point she had completely lost her her mojo and just gets the absolute shit beat out of her to the point where she's getting her head smashed into a steel chair. Fucking hachi machi there. Uh, then you get the first one out of the way as far as the uh, this blue side of the tournament, which was much simpler than the red side that you need like a uh, at least a bachelor's in in bracketology to to understand what. Yeah. Yeah, right. on the last yeah, it was insane. Yeah, uh, Hazuki, 7-0, and, and then she lost her last five matches. And her last one, she got to live in shit. Is that what it was? Wow. Momo coming out to, yeah, you said with the baseball bat, she fucking full-on swung that thing and cracked it against the fucking, <laughs> broke it in half against the uh, ring post. Hazuki no dunked it by, like, played. seconds. I will tell you that, can I just, really quick, one thing about yep. Momo, too, is, like, her face is... It's so unbelievably unique. I've never seen anybody with a sneer like that in my life, in real life or in wrestling. It's just I, I'm I'm fucking mesmerized by her. I truly am. She's just a fucking great heel. If you're if you're watching wrestling and you're not checking Momo Watanabe out, I mean, look, along with the rest of this shit, but we'll just put her because we're talking about her. You're, talking, you're not checking Momo Watanabe out. You're fucking missing out. You're fucking up. Go Google her. Go watch the video. She's Google it, Jim. Next, we'll talk about Mayo Iwatani against Starlight Kid. Starlight Kid with the big grand entrance. Mayo being the goofball, she comes out. Uh, they put on a banger. Starlight Kid cannot beat Momo or can't beat Mayo Iwatani, no matter how much she tries. She's tried all her finishers but one. Remember, this is the woman that uh, betrayed Mayo and joined Odeo Tai against against her will, but eventually became evil. Okay, Brandon, thoughts. Yeah, some serious emotion here 
uh, from Starlight Kid to start. Uh, well, probably my favorite part about this match, and I think um, and Sardom's in a place in my mind where as they're telling the stories for this tournament, it's no problem for them to, to set up stories for, for future years or future tournaments, which is impressive to see considering the conversation that we just had. And I think that's kind of what we get here. Um, Mayu Watani, I thought for sure was cooked multiple times, just kept getting kicked out of the last second, um, getting the rope break just when she needed it and leave Starlight kid. Who's a, you know, pretty aggressive, uh, attitude of young wrestlers all of a sudden now i'm imagining a place where you're like what the fuck do i have to do to get past this lady that's good yeah starlight kids you know she's something she's got she's gonna be big time for them for a while uh, they got something really special with her which is good um i i like to i liken mayu to tana um to boil it down you know she's it, 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 she would be the extreme baby face but kind of edgy you know she has a nasty streak about her yeah we watched her cheap cheat a couple weeks yeah. ago against Susan Zuby. Yeah. so um but this was great i like my i like i like them both uh you're not going to get any complaints out of this match from me i think brandon covered the most you guys covered most of it so definitely a thumbs up there yeah i like to Starlight kid goes for a new finisher which is the uh eternal foe it's a spanish fly but Unlike in other wrestling, when you do a Spanish fly, it's just a transitional move. Hers is a finisher, which it should be because it looks ridiculous. She yeah. could land it, though. So it's still there. She could still win. She's got to land that fucking finisher. She couldn't do it. That's how it works. Yep. Can I can I draw a parallel? Do you yeah, mind? good. So uh, I have a um, guy I train with. He's a beginner. Um, he takes my back. I've been training for a while. He takes my back. He puts me in a, a body triangle, and he chokes me out every fucking time. This happens in real life. You know what I mean? Like what you see them do in stardom, especially you see this, especially this story being told where it's like, dude, it's just that one fucking thing. Why can't I do this? Especially since when it's all cut and dry, I should be fucking superior to this person. Right. They got that one fucking thing that nobody's thrown at you. Curveball that you just can't hit. This happens to me in real life, and when they do this here, it's like you see anybody that sits out there like you think that this doesn't fucking happen. If you're listening, you're like, oh, this doesn't happen. It fucking does in real life. So when they do this type of shit, like you said, like oh man, like you know that little thing. I mean, it works in the opposite direction where obviously you know Mayu Atami is the is the more established star. She's been around longer, so she would be quote unquote better if you looked at them on paper but all it takes is if i can just do this one thing i could win and you thought you had it but you didn't do it right yep my well, that's... i think jim good sorry uh you, you just reminded me of when you you mentioned the finisher there that i i kind of like about stardom um i usually listen listen to it with the sound off and uh, a lot of times it's japanese commentary and i have no idea what and almost any of these wrestlers finishers are and in in a good way where uh, almost all of the shit that they're doing is is pretty crazy and looks like it could be a finisher and uh when it happens i'm just like wow I, that was sick but i don't really know that that's a specific name to move or anything i i think that actually works well I, i'm just so used to watching something where i'm like oh this is the one winged angel this is the move that never gets kicked out of right. here's the end of this and that, that kind of doesn't exist in this world for me i think it adds to it uh, my nails that I forgot to mention, she nails that fucking tombstone pile driver on Starlight Kid. 
She was nasty, man. Yeah, it was. She got that full head tuck in right at the last second, man. That was fucking nasty looking. Great match. Go go out of your way to check it out. All right, baby. Here we go. Big one. Let's go back in time. Suzu Suzuki and Prominence come into the ring, invade stardom. How long ago was this? Last January? Something like that. Months ago this happened. I remember telling you guys, I was like, keep an eye on this, because this is going to be a big fucking storyline. It's going to go throughout the year. Suzu Suzuki lost her first three matches. She goes on a run. She is now tied with Julia at the top of the fucking bracket. And I said, as soon as this schedule comes out, and I said it before about G1 Climax, if you don't want to be ruined on how this tournament's going to go, never look at the schedule at the end, because it'll tell you. As soon as I saw that match, is a matchup at the end. We get Julia versus Suzu Suzuki. Holy shit balls. Talk about emotion. This match was fucking awesome. Brandon, thoughts? I don't know, man. I th- I, I kind of want to just kick it right back to the point guard here, Jim. I, I'm This is your thing. This is your girl. I think you should just uh, solo here. Talk about it. So there's a, you know, we're going to talk about Julia at the end of this because her story has been years long to culminate in this final. But there's something that is lacking in a lot of professional wrestling. And it's it's real-life stuff. Now, of course, we get real-life stuff in AW, but it's stuff that's petty. It's about, like, you didn't put me over. Ooh, you hit me too hard in a match. Ooh, your dog bit me. <laughs> it's petty as shit. <laughs> the story established in this. Suzuki and Julia were in ice ribbon wrestling. They were roommates. Suzuki was, like, fucking 16. She looked up to Julia... They were best friends, and then Julia didn't tell her she was leaving because she didn't tell anybody when she was leaving. She just skated out and went and joined stardom. It was big news when she joined stardom. That was November, I believe, of 2019 when she joined stardom. Fast forward to the January, Suzuki comes back. They, they leave Ice Ribbon. They form prominence. They invade, quote-unquote, invade stardom, and the storyline is... You left me. You left me behind. She's crying in the ring. You left me. You fucked me over. And Suzuki throughout the entire year, every time she's been in stardom, it's been building how she left her. She left her. And Julie at the beginning was like, listen, I moved on to bigger and better things. You got to get over it. And the climax of all this is they finally face off in a match that matters. The two of them are in the ring based and the, the story is based in real life stuff. Stuff that really happened. Leaving behind, like, it's like stuff you write in a movie. I'm sorry, I had to leave you behind. I I had to do it. I had to move on. Then that person that you left behind catches you. Says, why the fuck did you do that? You fucked me up for so long. When it comes down to it, it's like, I had to do what I had to do. It was nothing against you. Then we have a match out of it. Fucking tears at the beginning, tears at the end. A draw. Well-placed draw. Julie goes through with one point. Wins the whole fucking, wins her group. Go ahead, Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, you nailed it. I, I That was an ISO situation for the podcast, so you had to take that one. Um, what a finish to the fucking match where Julius kind of realizes that the clock's ticking and she's not going to hit her hard enough at this point to, to finish her. And she just lets her unleash on her for, for a little bit there. And, and as the bell's ringing, hugs her. 
just like I'm so fucking sorry for you know everything that you just explained and Suzu Suzuki you know a, a perfect turn of, of storytelling here as as she goes for the handshake slaps it away it's just like no 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 I'm the, this is all the youth youthfulness and and talent in the world here I'm not you know, this is no nowhere near past this we're not friends yeah, I don't forgive you plenty yet. plenty to solve still. I just thought that was fantastic. Um, and the, the the way that they lined everything up, that a draw was enough to push her over, is just smart. That's the only, th- only way I can describe it. Chris, good. I don't have anything to say about the match because uh, you guys nailed it. I can't really add to it. Um, I will say this. Just the simple use of story use of real life situations to tell a story that gets us to the point where they're actually in the ring in tears before the match starts right actual legitimate emotion puts this match as most likely match of the year for me um you know i mean it's just it it, it, and then and you know the match is everything you guys said what goes on goes on at the end you know, you have the slapping of the hand, all this other stuff that goes on. And now you set yourself up. First, you have a draw, <clears throat> right, where the draw is definitely have its has its uh, its ups and downs. Sometimes they use it well. Earlier on, they use it in the double count out, and it was just choppy and shitty. Um, but you, you set this up for another long-term telling of a story because if you think Suzu Suzuki's just going to go away I think you'd be I think you'd be silly to think that right um technically she doesn't work for stardom correct right but if you think that it's just like oh there's a one-shot deal and blah, 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 no I'm, I'm fairly certain that they you know they do something that pro wrestling refuses to do which is give it a fucking rest right draw back and then when people forget that it happened you bring it back draw it back just enough to where people start to move on and just when they start to move on you bring this back and this comes back around um i mean this was just phenomenal uh, you know i it, we, what you were talking about the tap and like one of the one of the it reminded me of the tap and the real emotion like when um <laughs> When fucking Ric Flair was supposedly banging Lacey Evans and the daughter, his daughter went nuts. And it was like real, right? Like it was probably one of the best promos I ever watched because they acted like real. She acted like a real human being, not a wrestler. Right. And that match with Nia Jax, going... they're like beating the shit out of each other, I think was around that time. All right. Like, that... <laughs> yeah, yeah. that match with Nia Jax, they're beating the shit out of each other. That's yeah. like one of the last WWE matches I remember watching. You're like, <laughs> right. oh, shit, and, someone's and actually you're... expressing something here. You're being like real. It's being real. And uh, that's what this was. I mean, this was just fucking phenomenal. I, I love it. It's just so fucking, so fucking good. Yeah. And Julia wins. She wins the block, block A, with that one. And we move on. I'm trying to think if I have any final thoughts on it. Yeah. Like you said, we will see Suzu Suzuki again. She's coming back. It's only a matter of time. Um,. Uh, Koguma does a, a, a surprise like she often does and beats Utami Hayashita. And uh, as Rossi Ogawa is often does, he sends someone out in fucking Halloween costume, <laughs> like unexplained. There's someone in the Halloween costume. The the scream guy comes out, and 
Natsuko uh, Tora, who we watched get injured in a match against Utami two years ago again. I guess it was a year and a half ago. She blew her knee out. She's back. She's cleared, and she calls Utami out. She's like, you promised me you were going to save the red belt for me, and you lost it. So now you have to wrestle me. Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, we. Uh, I, I touched on it earlier, but I, I've never seen a bracket like this in my life or a tournament final day like this in my life. Is it going back to my sports knowledge? I'm, I'm used to chasing uh, playoff races and being like, well, we need these the fucking Saints to lose. Or the, and I'm, I've looked at this and I'm like, we got a six way tie I think, <laughs> at the, into the last day, and and nobody has the uh, be, because of the way that it works, nobody has the just control your own destiny winning your end so everybody's just got to be in just a, a mental state of chaos going into into their match and that the first uh well, i guess azumi lost before this she technically was still in it but the the first uh sort of shoe drops here with you know who was their their star for a while and utami uh loses on a uh Move that just had to be the fucking end of a match. Jesus, goddamn Christ, Jesus was, that, Christ. was that wild? I think they did a like a 540 in the air there. I right. Like, I don't know. I've never seen anything like that. Um, didn't know as much about what was going on afterwards, but I appreciate that the context with that. That's a year and a half ago was uh, uh, pre our time. <laughs> Chris, let me ask you this because I just assume now is this Koguma? Is that a normal thing for her to beat? Tommy, she she's an upset. She's like uh, Saki Kashima. She they upset people all the time. Okay, Tricksters. because it, just because when you see Kaguma, she's such a perfect baby face. Yeah, right. That she just looks like that she'd be a pin eater. Yeah, I don't want to say I don't want to see a jobber because you know if she's, she's in a tag awesome, team, she but, usually eats the pin. Right, because she's it doesn't matter. You love her so much. She's so happy. She doesn't need to win. She's she can put everybody else over. Um, so I was really surprised by that just from, you know, um, a lot of times when she's in, when, when we're watching these shows, she's not in the matches that we really cover too much. So I don't get to watch too much of her. I mean, I'm familiar with her, but just not on how, uh, matches work with her in them. Um, when I saw, <laughs> when I saw the scream person or whatever it was come out from the, I knew exactly who it was, immediately knew who it was. <laughs> um, lumbering out there. And, and, um, well, I'd say your name, please, again, because, like, we first started getting in. Okay, there you go. Matsuko Tora. When we first started really covering stardom is just at the moment in which she was injured. Yep. And it looked like she was on the, on the, on the, the come up. She was on the rise. She was going to take the title. And then, you know, they were going to get behind her. And then she got hurt. Uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but after she, she kind of did like some kind of weird pirouette in the ring and stumbled a little bit and yep. it looked like she might have hurt her name. She was like, I'm good. I'm good. So yeah, that was great, man. That was cool to see her though. I was glad, but I did, I did, as soon as I saw the person coming down to the ring, I was like, Oh, okay. I know what's going on here. With her, she's back with her pipe. <laughs> so let me ask you this though. I mean, yeah. Utami's a member of Odotai. No, Utami is. No. Okay. Member. So that's where, that's she's where I got Queen's quest. Okay, that's where I got confused. I was like, I didn't think she was, and I was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? No, she's a member of Queen's right. Quest with Azumi and Sayakami Tom. Right. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Thank you. Well, real quick on that that match where Azumi loses, forty four seconds she loses. She comes out. She's got brand new gear on, shiny, golden, 
silvery, shimmery 44 seconds. They immediately start going for pins, and 44 seconds is over. Man, you got to mix it up, brother, and that's the way to do it. That was fucking great. I love that match. <laughs> it was great. I, 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 I love that, too. I thought it was great. I was amazed. I was yeah. When that happened, I was like, fucking nice. Good. This shit happened. Sometimes. Switch it up. Switch it up. That's how fights work, right? They can't all be fucking 15 minutes long or whatever the hell they are. Tom Nakano defeats Saki, member of her, of her own um, group there, the Cosmic Angels. And uh, now she had 16 points. I'm not really going to talk about that match because then it came down to uh, – Himika and Micah tied on, I think they're on 14 points. Winner, I think if Himika won, she would win the group. But they're tag partners, and they uh, they have a draw. Double knockout. Carissa, thoughts good. So, yeah, we're getting into the um, – I my eyes were starting to go a little bit crossed. I, I did get – I did get – listen, I did get – it did – and this was good. I mean, this is – you know, we talk about kind of getting lost in the shuffle. That's when you pull something out. You know your timing and you pull something out that's going to make people go, oh, shit, and wake them back the fuck up again. And this was done at the perfect. It was you had you had um, we the Azumi getting pinned in 44 seconds. You mm-hmm. do that late in the show. That kind of wakes you up. Then you got uh, Utami losing up and then you have a return that kind of wakes you up, brings you back in. Right. Then you get Tom Nakano. I was starting and, and like I, I have in my notes, it was, it was starting to get long. Like at this point, I'm starting to get like, OK, I'm, I'm sinking. I'm more quickly sinking back into and they but they know it. It's like once you go, you go for an extended period of time and then you start to lose people and then you bring them back. But you can only get them back for a little bit and then they start to fade again. Like the fades come faster, right? And then the Tom Nakano match, I started getting a little bit fading during that. Good match, but I was just kind of like, you know, slumping in the couch. And then the double KO and woke me right back up for the next match, which was cool. And it, helps also, that, it helps that Himika and Micah were slapping the living shit out of each other, just yeah. running at each other at full force. That was fucking rad. Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Agree um, in the sense that this was probably a point in the night where you're getting tired. I think I had the advantage of watching this not live and watching enough of these things to know to like cut through some shit that I'm not going to want to watch mm-hmm. um, because your attention is always there's two points or a couple of points where your attention is the highest. It's, it's the very beginning and you, that usually gets nuked, especially as of late with the opening matches in Mm -hmm. a a lot of the stuff we've been watching. And then when the people that you were excited for beforehand come up, uh, this was neither of those, but I due to like the kind of the timing of, of where I clicked around, I thought this was as much fun as anything that happened. Uh, in my mind, I was like, I wrote down the onslaught continues with these two. Uh, neither of them willing to play second fiddle. Uh, what an interesting way to kind of have them both bow out. You know, right, right. Uh, if you have this six-way tie, you have to be creative with how everybody's not going to have it, right? And this was as creative as it gets with the uh, two partners here just beating the living shit out of each other, laying into each other harder than, than uh, they probably do to other people because you know exactly what you need to do to beat the person that you're the most familiar with, and uh, they both end up knocking each other out of the tournament and literally knocking each other out. So just another one where I'm like. Nice job, guys. This storytelling thing's really making me happy here. Yeah, good match. Uh, last two matches, here we go. So, Risa Sarah uh, goes against Siri. Siri uh, still had a chance. If she won, she won the group. Uh, Risa Sarah defeats her. 
Remember, this was one of our favorite matches from early in the spring where Siri choked out Risa Sarah and Risa Sarah wouldn't give up. She just died. <laughs> and they had to throw the fucking blue towel in. <laughs> that match is fucking awesome. This is a good one. This was, uh, it had me like for a little while there. I was like, holy shit, she beat her. All right, let's fucking go. Brandon thoughts. Yeah, this one had me too. Um, we didn't talk about Siri yet, but she was probably uh, maybe outside of Momo, like a, a, my the my most enjoyable wrestler of the tournament. Oh my god, the submissions that she's throwing up left and right are just ridiculous. Uh, I don't think we touched on Tom Nakano at this point, but as we get into the final, this is probably a good time to bring it up. The uh, Siri versus Tom Nakano from the week beforehand. Yeah was just fucking uh, outrageous. And I love, uh, Shuri has that rear naked choke sunk in on her, and, and Tom Nakano was a monster, and I'm like, from my uh, dorky UFC, I think I know how to do jujitsu experience. I'm like, you got to turn in, turn your turn your shoulder in towards her so you're on top of her. She starts, she, uh, Shuri lets that leg out, like kind of making it a little bit easier for her. And uh, as Tom Nakano is turning in, she just goes unconscious there. And I'm like, oh, my God, that was dramatic. So I got, I'm going into this with Siri just being like nobody's fucking beating her. And, and it happens. And I think we get a good story out of it. But uh, slightly disappointed in the short term because that would have been a final I would have been thrilled by. Chris, thoughts? Well, first of all, let me say that that your uh, escape from the rear naked choke is um, kind of shitty. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you know no that right now. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, but uh, yeah, they did. Look, I'm not like we we just you guys went through the match. I'm not going to go through it. I will do this, and you said it already, Jim, but I'll repeat it because I, 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 it's one of the one of the best things about this entire show. Um, we'll get into it when we're done talking about it. But they did a good job of making me not know what the fuck was going to happen, right? One of the things that we find ourselves doing when we go through like, you know, I'll bring AEW because they're always having tournaments and you're just like, well, that guy ain't beating that guy. The difference is, is that in stardom, that guy sometimes beats that guy. And in everything else, you go, yeah, see what the final is. You know what I mean? So they did a fantastic job of camouflaging the what the final was going to be, you know, by pulling off things like holy shit, multiple holy shit moments. Um, this was one of them. So good stuff. Wait, Chris, what's the correct way to get out of the? Um, I, I'm well, I'm not even going to even attempt to explain that via video chat on a fucking <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Don't you just turn into him, right? Turn the shoulder. That's it. You were right. Yeah, well done, Brandon. Just, just turn your shoulder into him. Man, the guy's glued to your back and you can't fucking move. Just turn your shoulder and it'll be fine. Just <laughs> <laughs> to be fine. That's how you get out of it. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Back to the floor is yeah. what your attempt is. And that's what you're talking about. You got to get your shoulders on the floor. There you go. <clears throat> uh, interesting thing about this match is that Siri beat Risa Sarah with her game in the first Round, the first match in this one, Risa Sarah. What's that? Is, Jim? What's that? With what? Her game? Her game. Her game. Oh wow! Oh, I thought that no, was the like striking a move, the, like a no, hurricane. The striking and the submissions, and uh, this time Risa Sarah won with pro wrestling, because in pro wrestling, pro wrestling is a legitimate form of fighting. Yes, exactly. In Japanese pro wrestling, it's different forms of fighting. Pro wrestling is a legitimate form. Ask Antonio Noki. We can't. He's dead. 
All right, moving on. <laughs> uh, so we get the final. Uh, Julia, who wins the A block. I think it was the red block. I don't remember. Faces Tom Nakano in the final. Julia was minutes, blue. Yeah. 17 minutes, 28 seconds. I like that they start the match immediately kicking the shit out of each other. This match is fucking great, man. This is this is my favorite match of the tournament. I think everything was building to this. Julia wins. Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, we get uh, the buzz cut rematch here. Uh, delivers on uh, probably what the best of stardom has to offer here. And uh, violence and precision uh, and both of the opponents continually getting better from the last time that we saw them. A lot, a lot happened here. Probably too much for me to cover play-by-play-ish, but uh, a couple highlights that are off the top of my head. Uh, I like Julia going to Tom Nakano's taped-up elbow at the beginning, just being like, you're not yeah, using that. You're not lifting me over your head throughout this match. Uh, we get some wild spots out of the ring throughout uh almost a count out and they're like no we're not we're not in this like that we're not dragging the story on they come back in here and uh in true stardom fashion julia closes out with a, a sequence of moves that uh when she finally gets the pin and lifts that limp leg up you're like does she actually uh suffer cervical trauma or or did she is this just part of the show and uh so a uh, fitting fitting close in that event so that's good I will tell you this, Tom Nakano, for somebody who is cutesy-wootsy, emotional, she's a fucking animal. Yes. I mean, she's a legitimate fucking animal. When I look at her, she's always like, <laughs> and then she just fucking brings it. But she got on her knee pad something like the cutest kawaii or kawaii. Yeah, kawaii of the galaxy. Cosmos. Kawaii of the cosmos. Of the cosmos. Yes. And she's a fucking animal. I mean, you know, I really can't say much. Like I said, I, I've said it all night. You guys are now in describing what's going on in these matches. I really don't have much more to add. But just stiff as fuck, both of them. Uh, we get to see Julia draped in the gear, in the garb of royalty. Yes, we do. Yes. So uh, It doesn't look like the Burger King at all. <laughs> I think there's... What's what's your boy's name? Fedora glasses, goatee guy. What's Rosie Ogawa? Does Rosie Ogawa just run the Halloween the Halloween store? Okay, I need I need a I need a scream costume. I need a king costume. Just bring them on, and they get them off the shelf, and they bring them in. Is that like the Japanese? You're more familiar with Japanese culture than the rest of us. Don Quixote. Is that is that is that the Japanese is that Japanese way of um. You know, is that the go-to in Japan to get all your wrestlers' special gear, laser beam fingers, and angel of death for evil? And I mean, it's just, just, or do they just have? Do, does does uh, death matches? T- they have the T- cut off cans of beer. They just get those from the family mart. Drink them. TBSIE. Do they have stock in Halloween? Halloween Express or Adventure or whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, I like the uh, the the old uh, steal each other's finishers. That was a good fucking touch in this match. It's intense, seventeen and a half minutes. Tom Nagano doing the uh, forty mile dash from one end of the fucking stadium to the other to knee Julie in the head. But Julie wins. We get the uh, the you know this is the big storyline. Julia lost it. She lost the white belt to Tom Nagano. Got her hair cut. She um 
ends up getting injured. She's out of the five star. She's, uh, you know, she, uh, her faction, Siri leaves her faction, starts her own faction, steals Mirai from her faction. Suzu Suzuki's fucking hounding her for the whole year. This is the culmination of two years of storyline. It cashed out. Natsupoi. Yeah, Natsupoi, that was a big one. Yeah, there you go. She got a revenge on Natsupoi. I forgot about that. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Yeah. Natsupoi just beat her, left and beat her, did fucking beat beat the check on Julia. How's she feel now? How's she feel? Yeah, right. You dummy. Fucking. She she lost her match and and her fucking boss lost. Fucking dork. Um, Good. I'm looking at I'm looking at a uh, a gif of of uh, Julia in the the royalty garb, and if I look on the Check bottom right hand side of the screen, Tom Nakano is just still collapsed in the corner, like <laughs> they didn't even get her out. Like bring them all in here, Tom Nakano is still dead. Hold on, no, 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 no. Everybody left the ring. They dragged Tom back. Oh, did they? I didn't yep. notice. They that. did okay. it last year too with Momo Watanabe. They dragged her back, and she looked like she just got out of a dishwasher. Like, <laughs> Mama Watanabe kind of looks like she got out of a dishwasher all the time. It's what <laughs> great so awesome. Yeah, they pulled everybody out, and they while well, they crowned the queen. This is great, man. Like, this dude, go out of your way and fucking check this out. Particularly those Julia matches and Tom Nakano matches. Brandon, final thoughts on the uh, Grand Prix. Uh, yeah, what a uh, you guys touched on it there, but what a target. Julia has on her back from across the roster. I think that's probably the most interesting thing going out of this is the uh, amount of ways that they can and probably will go. I'm assuming she's going to hold on to this thing for a bit. And uh, there's a long list of, of compelling stories to be told. Yeah, she has to. So she faces Siri at the end of the year at the big show for the title. I, I would be shocked if Siri beats her. I don't know. This story kind of writes itself. I, I wouldn't be that crazy. I mean, it took Okada a couple times to beat fucking Tanahashi. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if she doesn't win. But, I mean, this is storybook written. This is ready to go. Maybe it'll screw us over. I'll keep us guessing. it. That'd be nice. Chris, what? So, um, yeah, I'm curious. Uh, she was tag team partner with – she was in the Tokyo Cyber Squad, right? Who's that? Julia. Julia? No, no. she's been no. in Donna Delmon since the get-go. So she wasn't the tag team partner of Hanukkah No, no, no. Oh, okay, so I'm confused. Okay, that was her. Right. That was her first big feud with Hanukkah before, right. before okay. the shutdown. Okay. Yeah. That my point just went out the window. No, that's okay. I she was, was she was yeah. um tag partners with uh, Siri at one point though. Final thoughts. And my phone just went off, and I just read a uh, picture that somebody sent me on Instagram. <laughs> About sending more dudes. Send more dudes. <laughs> oh God. Okay. No, I don't. I don't have any. Brandon, you? Nope. We're done. Good stuff. Oh, I do have a final thought. There you and, go. Yeah. I, and this was the, right. the thing we were don't working up to. Sorry. Um. So after watching this show, I, I, I you know, we were just kind of joking about round about it. I, I, I click on the link and it's five hours long, four hours long, whatever. Obviously, there's an intermission and all this other stuff. So that's got to clean the ring every every three yeah, matches. Clean the ring and all that shit. Okay, whatever, doesn't matter. I turn this on. It was a fucking joy to watch that for that long. Um, there is nothing in professional wrestling right now that is more entertaining, more well thought out, more well worked 
and better. I mean, obviously, we, we sometimes Jim makes jokes about where they shot it, what they shot it with. OK, whatever. Just don't watch those ones. Right. I mean, that's they're kind of like minor ones. Anyway. Yeah, you can skip those ones. Takan Dano Baba. Takadano Baba was the place where it sounded like there was a fucking jet engine in the middle of it. The whole match. <laughs> was in Brandon's basement. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking terrible. still coming through? No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> that was um, fucking terrible. But, you know, I sat through it. It was fucking terrible, that fucking venue. But, go ahead. Uh, less than a year ago, we were watching these shows, and we were saying, it's tough for me to get into it because I don't know the backstory. I'm not familiar with these people. I don't know what's going on, and it's in Japanese, so I can't understand it. And in less than a year, with all of these things haven't changed other than the backstory stuff and who they are, they're still not telling me the story. Uh, the announcers are still in Japanese, so I can't understand what they're saying. I, This is the only professional wrestling, in my opinion, in the fucking world that is worth watching. Everything else pales in comparison to the storytelling, to the to the the work rate, to the effort being put in, to the promo work, to everything that goes into professional wrestling right now. Everything pales in comparison to this. Nothing could come even fucking close. Um, we they have done this job of separating themselves from everything else in the not only in all those things that I said but in the way that they do it there is a style that they do that is different than anybody else's they're not trying to be a new a female version of new japan they're not working like wwe they're not trying to be like AEW there's distinctive stardom style that they have that they do so well that it's more entertaining than any of these other wrestling products out there. Um, I mean, everybody else that thinks like, you know, that they, they got this thing fucking nailed down. And I guess what I, I guess what I'm talking shit on is AEW, right? Um, there's a, a fan base for them and we sit here and we basically have gotten to the point where we don't even fucking want to watch it anymore. And there's this women's promotion that, a majority of U.S. fans probably have never seen, never heard of, and won't watch. And they're blowing everybody else out of the fucking water. So get with it. Get on this shit. It's the only wrestling that I'm excited to see. I sat down and I turned it on. And like I said, I saw the time frame. And then I started watching the match. And I was like, oh, God, yeah, I'm so fucking happy. I haven't been like that about professional wrestling in fucking forever. AW has done how many pay-per-views have we done of AW six, three, nine? Who knows? The only exciting part about those pay-per-views is you guys coming over to the house and watching it with me. Right. Anything else about it? Who gives a fuck? I don't even care. Right? I don't even fucking care. You know? And you know, I mean, why is it so good? Well, they're not trying to be like anybody else. They're trying to be like themselves. Right. They're they're not trying to be like WWF. They're trying to be like they're going to be stardom. End of story. And also there if you think there's not a correlation between long term. Nuanced storytelling 
and the ability to put on a good show, you're out of your fucking mind, right? Oh, I, I want a belt. I don't like you, hangman. Shitty Clint Eastwood music comes on and it comes down. <laughs> oh, we hate each other now? I don't understand what's going on, right? It's just, you know, it's fucking, it's fucking, there's nothing to it. It's just garbled shit and this is fantastic and i'm so happy we get to watch it and talk about it and everybody else can suck it did you hear that jim i heard it sorry <laughs> i'll tag on i'll Go tag ahead. on to that uh and just say like i'm i'm still not there where you're at chris um and i'm sure people that if, if we should convince one person to uh, watch this and that listens to us i could be talking to them because uh, aesthetically i still find it annoying it's there's plenty of it that i know is just not for me uh, i've accepted that uh, if you can get past that stuff it it has all of the stuff that nobody else has the stuff that you're you, that you're probably looking for um the the depth of the roster of the the storytelling of uh, the emotion in the ring, the skill of, of the, the wrestlers. Uh, and this is a company that in, in during the pandemic we were talking about was like struggling to even make it by um, lost people, lost people. And what they've done with what they have is, is uh, really impressive to the, the, you touched on earlier to the point where when it's not the big events, it's, you can't even get a good, fucking viewing of it because it's just a shot from the side of the ring um so i if you've tried to watch it and you're like i don't there's there's plenty of things up front that turn me off to it i'm not just sitting there and being like um i think all that's cool now i i still don't i don't i still like is it the frilly outfits brandon yeah it's all of that shit it's the music it's like i find that all annoying i listen to it with my wife hates the frilly outfits i don't she thinks it's creepy i don't want to just like not address any of that and being like oh now this is what i like she wrestles in pretty much a um like a a, like yeah a tutu pretty much she's 35 years old man she's a grown-ass fucking woman why does she dress like a little kid like this it's creepy well that's part of the creepiness of it yeah, yeah. I just don't want to be like, yeah, this is just Stardom Guys Pod now. Like, now I'm acknowledging that that I don't like some of that shit, it, but right. it's still worth your time. Well, I guess what I'm saying is, is that if some of the other wrestling companies, AEW, uh, actually did tread, made put some effort into storytelling, then maybe I'd be sitting here saying that AEW is the best wrestling product on television. It's not just because we, it's not like recency bias. I mean, look at the things that we just talked about, right? All the things that just happened from, and what put the hook in me was the Natsu Poi Tom Nakano storyline, where it was right. like, oh my god, this emotion is actually working. As silly as it is, it's working, and you're actually putting emotion into it. You're putting some depth of character into it, and and it's 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 really really you're taking time. Also, you know, you hear the reactions. Like Brandon says, he doesn't watch it with sound, but if you watch it with sound, you hear the reactions from the crowd. They're still not allowed to cheer these people. Right. None of them are cheering. Those dick, the, the uh, fucking ball bag guys. Bone bag. Bone bag dudes in the front row aren't allowed to cheer yet. And you're still getting massive reactions. Big, <gasps> when someone gets dropped on their head type shit. And I'm glad, Chris, I'm glad, and Brandon, I'm glad you guys 
are appreciating it because, of course, I appreciate it. I'm the stardom guy. I like women's wrestling, so I'm going to fucking love it. But it's good to see that, you know, it's good to see other people are coming along. Because, like I said earlier, it's flash in the pan. All they need is three other people to get injured, and all of a sudden we're not going to be as interested in it anymore. <clears throat> That's how pro wrestling works. It works in cycles. Nobody thought that New Japan would be boring. New Japan's legitimately boring now. Hey, there's nothing going on in New Japan I want to watch. We'll try again at, at, at Wrestle Kingdom. But, you know, that was my fucking shit. I carried that flag for that company for like five years. It's boring now. So. And then COVID hit and it just went to shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. AEW is the hot shit. Grab on to but this while it's still hot. Okay. Here's another here's another thing I like to point out too. I have all you need is one person to attach yourself to. I've attached myself to, to fucking Momo Watanabe. Right. I wait to see her, you know. If they were like, Oh, we got wrestling and L V A C wrestling or what's the <laughs> other one? What's the one we went to? Up at uh oh, fucking Jester's beer distributor, yeah, whatever was, the fuck it was, was called. Wirebacher. Wirebacher. what the fuck is it? Yeah, it's L V A C I forget what that was. But when we went up there, if you said, oh, yo, Tom Nakano's on this show, I would fucking, I wouldn't even, I would be there and there would be no doubt. Oh, we're making that ride just to see her for five minutes. Right? Yeah. Speaking of which, Unagi Sayaka, she uh, announced she's going freelance for a little bit. She's going to be traveling around the world. Nice. I will I will definitely uh, go up to North Jersey and go see her. 100%. Yeah. There you go. Final thoughts, Brandon. I think I just gave them to you. I think that's it, man. Beautiful. I think it's a good spot. Yeah. Uh, real quick, uh, IWGP uh, Women's Championship. We got our competitors. They were named based on their ranking in the five-star first round. Mayo Iwatani versus Momo Watanabe. And then we get Utami Hayashita versus Himika in the first round, October 22nd, that show. And then in, there's Jazzy Gabbert versus one already. Jazzy Gabbert, if you guys remember, was like a big Oof. muscular German lady from, uh, she was in, uh, NX, what was it? The May Young she Classic. She was in the May Young, yes. She was in the May Young Classic. I eliminated so in the first round by girl from Philly. The ballerina. The ballerina from Philly. Mm-hmm. I think she was from Philly. She was in TNA. She was running with Deanna Perrazzo for a while. I have no idea. She put on a little weight. She had some problems with drugs and alcohol for a little oh, bit. I um, can't remember. What was her name? She's real buff, though. She's not a ballerina, right? Well, she she used to be a dancer, so she would come in and, like, you know, she I don't wore a tutu. I don't and it would take it off. I can't it's remember. Tom Nakano. No, That's what happened to Tom. what her name was. But uh, Jazzy Gabbert faces Kyrie on the... The first night night of the uh, tag championship. We got tag league coming up. Oh, we're not going to pay attention to that, but we'll keep an eye on this fucking IWGP stuff. All right, that's all we got. Final thoughts on everything, Brandon. AW get better. Yeah, I mean, one thing that's positive about pro wrestling as we creep up towards episode 100 here is that it's like right as something completely goes to shit we've had something else to, to uh carry us over we haven't had a fully dead environment very often except for a couple of weeks there yeah. where jimmy was forced to listen to dog listen to us uh grab about dog shit but <laughs> good stuff here we uh and we get you know we get wrestle kingdom coming up we get the crossover event between i uh between new japan and stardom the wrestle kingdom we have a, oh. uh dave Meltzer said that um they're not selling well 
AW. Their tickets are not selling out like great. There's no interest. Nobody's excited about AW. Well, WWE's doing fucking two million on a Saturday night now. Two point five mil. Chris, good. I I I do have a final thought. Yeah, good. You got fucking blocked on Twitter by one of the biggest names of the oh, biz. Yeah. I've been waiting from no, the beginning to talk about this. Oh, yeah, shit. You got to bring it up. Um, yeah, what's his name? <laughs> Bob Ross Sapp. Bob Ross Sapp, SRS, dude. Yeah, Can yeah, I interrupt you real me. quick? The girl, we, the woman we were talking about was Kimberly. Oh, Kimberly. That's right. That's right. Yeah. She, looks she a had drink. a different name in WWE, but that was her name. Yeah, I think she likes to drink. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, all right, so he was like... I sense, I think somebody called him out about just reporting something or reporting something weird or not reporting something. And there was like, he just screen grabbed the guy's thing and reposted it, but didn't tag him. And then people were attacking this guy. Not, uh, not, uh, Bob Ross Sapp, but the other guy. And he's like, like, I don't understand why he would do this. Like, you know, he's supposed to be a fucking reporter. Like, this is just stupid. It's not about him. Like, he's supposed to be representing a, like, he's supposed to be a reporter. It's not how reporters act. And I just responded to him without tagging him. I didn't mention him by name because I don't follow fucking Bob Ross Sapp. I was like, yeah, yeah, uh, Bob Ross Sapp stinks. No, the guy fucking stinks. Your point's proven. The guy sucks. And then I just noticed that I was getting this, you know, in, in Twitter you get those, you cannot see this because it's hidden behind us, something, something, something. And I'm like, that's fucking weird. And then I... Did a little squirming around. I was like, oh shit, I got blocked by that fucking guy. Very professional. Brandon, thoughts? I just think that's the funniest fucking thing in the world. Like, I, I don't know why that guy always comes up in my feed and I'm like, I go back and forth between being annoyed by him and just being like, I guess this is what this is right now. But I'm like, oh, wh- uh, we're, uh, when I first saw it, I was like, we're on the fucking map here for a second. Jimmy somehow got uh. into this guy's world. <laughs> No, he didn't really do anything. <laughs> I just said it's he stinks because he does stink. Well, you did. You called him. He did. You said that a guy stinks. He does stink. You're going to go after some guy, some random guy on the internet when you got fucking thousands of followers. These are the people that are like fucking uh, black mold in a dark basement that doesn't that nobody looks at. It's like all of a sudden if there's if you just let everybody say what they want and every wrestler can go do an interview and say that somebody hit them too hard. Now these guys like are making a, a six figure career. I just hate that shit. Yeah. Like, what is what is this guy providing? He's dropping scoops, but he didn't. He he isn't just mention- bothering. You just bother people and call like, hey, you Jim, do you have anything bad to say about what's going? Chris, do you have anything going on at, at Nick's you'd like to say uh, to the media? We, I, I'm here, and then every once in a while, Chris just spews a little bit, and then that guy makes another couple uh, bucks a month. Yeah, on fucking uh, clickbait crap behind his oh. paywall. <laughs> Well, um, I gave him five bucks too. Fuck me, Brandon. We we prefer to keep that door closed. (laughs) I was going to say too, like uh, when I was we were we were bitching about AEW. It's like we we text about wrestling and I read everything you guys say, but I don't always answer because I'm like I don't have anything funny to say and there's just not that much here. But then Chris all of a sudden starts texting us about his real life and I'm like, we can stop talking. I'm, I'm interested. And it's like, but the only point I'm trying to make is it's like, the only point I'm trying to make is like, it's it, it, more dramatic shit happens at your fucking job than than AEW's presenting to us. It's like, right. Hey, what's up? Pretend that what's up? Pretend professional wrestling's highbrow entertainment. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's, it's real fucking dumb. 
from stardom <laughs> to fucking everything. From stardom everything. to the worst it's shit. It's dumb. It's fucking dumb. All you have to do is present emotion. Over-the-top emotion. The emotions being happiness, sadness, um, uh, intense violence, uh, uh, you know, like all this fucking goofy shit. Just present it over the top. And it makes it fun. If it's not fun, then it's not worth fucking watching. Oh, yeah, backstage, yeah, back in the day, like you're doing promos where you're like, yeah, WWE wants you go back to that place. Like, what the fuck are you talking yeah. about? This no, how about, how about, here we go. Here's a promo that would be like everybody would freak out about, right? Yeah. You guys, you two are talking and you're talking about how you're going to, you're going to win the tag team. We're in a faction. And you guys are going to win the tag team titles. Two, he's going to win the tournament for the tag team titles. We're going to be the greatest tag team. And you and I, just you and I are going to win the greatest tag team. And the camera pans out and I'm in the background like, because I'm jealous. You're in the background. No. Like, no. All of a sudden, someone comes to the ring in a scream mask. <laughs> Black gear. It's me. Like, Black gear. And it says Vader time, Vader time, Vader time, Vader time. On. Yeah. And it's like, who is it? It was. But that's like, look, like, see, you guys just laughed at that whole explanation. It took two seconds. And all it took was me being jealous, like the face that you make fun of people that are jealous for looking at you like, in a corner. Yeah. Skulking. There was also a big, like, you nailed it in my, in my professional life. People would be like, you like wrestling, right, Brandon? That's always the, your opening. Be like, well, you got to, first of all, just own up to the fact. Like, it's dumb as shit. It's real dumb. Yeah, like it's it. fucking dumb. It's, from there, that's where the conversation gets well, interesting. That, you know, I'll tell you what. It's funny. It's um, I, I, What did I say? Somebody, I, AEW was on a Saturday. It was one of those weird Saturdays it was on. And I had it on TV at work. And somebody was like. I don't understand this. And I looked at him. I said, because you're thinking too hard. There's nothing to be understanding. It's stupid. Stupid. It's just stupid. Just watch it and enjoy these guys fake beating the shit out of each other and flipping all over and acting like idiots. That's what this is. Yeah, like the old gimmick gimmick where it's like, this stuff is so fake. You go, no, it isn't. It's real. Real fucking dumb. And that's why I like it. Real dumb. And this is why it's fun. This is so fake. So is everything else. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Point taken. Everything's oh, made. We will. We. I know, Brandon. If you're interested in this, uh, we can. Uh, Extreme WWE Extreme Rules is at the uh, uh, Wells Fargo Center on yes, a Saturday is. night mm-hmm. this week, and in one of the matches between Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle, uh, UFC Hall of Famer Daniel Cormier will yes, be the will. referee. I saw that. And I went, I looked at my book and my buddy, a buddy of mine is trying to get me to go. I was like, I ain't taking off a Saturday to go do that, buddy. Sorry. Uh, He's trying to get me to go. I was like, if it was a Sunday, I may pay just to see Daniel Cormier and leave. What day is it on? Do we know? It's on a Saturday. It's this this Saturday Saturday night. Oh, it's this Saturday? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I was, I I actually, I did the, uh. I'll be at work. Go ahead, Brandon. I did the the scouting of tickets and be like, hmm, if this is insanely cheap, I would definitely go to it. But it's it's like ninety dollars to get in the building. Get like, the yeah, I'm fucking doing that. So we used to. Well, what I did, I went to one pay per view at the Wells Fargo. It was the Punjabi prison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love and that. I I got my my coworker worked at the Cadillac Grill at the time, which is inside the Wells Fargo Center, and he. The people that work for the building knew he was a wrestling fan. And when wrestling, when events don't sell, the building will send an e- inner, inner, what do they call it? Inner office email out to the people that work there saying, Hey, look, you can buy these tickets really cheap if you want to go. 
and they keep it inside the staff. And somebody forwarded him the email and he bought two tickets for $25. And then we had another guy we knew snuck us into a club box. So we got these great seats, but the whole time this guy, but we couldn't sit. We had to. You had the PPP. The you got the PPP loan, the the Punjabi prison plug. <laughs> Punjabi prison. <laughs> PJ Pit. So we were in the back. We had to stand in the back, and if you've been in the club box, that's fine. You could see everything going on. And there's a guy with a wolf pack NWO shirt on. I've heard his story so many times. The whole time, he kept he kept screaming, "I'm gonna sniff Maria Canellis's ass." Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, it's a WWE show, and John Cena's on the card. So there's a whole lot of kids there. <laughs> That's very ad- adult wrestling fan, too. Even in his, his fantasy, it's it's only just sniffing. Just sniffing his ass. Forget about just having sex. Because he can't lift his gut up to see his dick. He don't right. know how to use it. Just, so what happens? I could just sniff that so eventually, Gangrenous dick my, that hasn't been hard in fucking years. Okay, Chris. My friend, cause, and Maria Canales was he, uh, uh, um, Michael Bennett. Was yeah. wrestling Sami Zayn, so it was early in the card. He's screaming this, so he gets yelled at by the security guy, like, "Hey, look, I've been nice. You need to stop." He's screaming and hollering. My buddy's like, "Oh man, I can't deal with this guy." I looked at him. I said, "Give him ten minutes. He's gonna be out cold." <laughs> ten minutes later, he's gassed to shit, leaning against the wall <laughs> for the rest of the show. He got gassed. The only thing that would have been better is first match of the card. Puking his eyes. Yeah, puking your eyes. Yeah, first match of the card, gassed out. Jim's going to wear his Julia. My, flag, my Julia flag. I'll be carrying my Julia flag while sleeping on my stardom pillow. Dude, that pillow doesn't look comfortable at all. No, it's crinkly. It's like a garbage bag. <laughs> it's like a trash bag. <laughs> Japanese trash bag, thank you very much. It's imported. It's an imported trash bag from Japan. I got all, I got all my toys. I got, that's all I got. I that's want, like... I I want to see uh, Jim's oh, I got a card. text I got messages a card with his liaison in, in Japan that, that buys him this stuff. I think that's what we should use our Instagram account for. I want to see him <laughs> being like, I need, I need this starter. Suzu Suzuki <laughs> baseball card. There's a Suzu Suzuki baseball card. I'll send you the 2,000 yen. You, you get me the pillow. <laughs> All right, let's get the fuck out of here. We got <laughs> nothing out. to talk about. Oh, I'll be on Ring Ross Radio next week. Oh, really? Is it next week? No, it's two weeks. And they're gonna see, and they're gonna pan back, and you're gonna be on the other podcast, and they're gonna pan back, and you're gonna be in the corner like that. Yeah. Where is it at? Is it a live thing? No, nah, yeah. Well, no, no. It's a, it's a bracket. <laughs> it's a bracket for uh, best horror movie. This is that. how this podcast started. Was you you sent me a Ring Rust Radio bracket, and I was like, you were the most entertaining guy. On the fucking show, we you should just do a podcast. Now here we are. So here we are, and now I get to go on there and be the most entertaining guy on the podcast again. <laughs> no, that podcast is very good. I'm not putting that down. It's way. very funny. No, don't do that. No, I'm not putting that down. Do it's that. very, very fucking funny. Those guys rule. He's we've we've gone to wrestling with um, Donnie, yeah, Donnie, and he's always a lot of fun. Yeah, I like I like that dude a lot. Yeah, dude's a fucking riot. Yeah, mm-hmm. listen to Ring Rose Radio, especially for your WWE stuff. Listen to us for everything else. They don't really cover anything else. There you go. He does yeah. do a you weekly put, rap. I I went to a wrestling with Donnie too. He is very funny. I had a blast with him. I'm not they putting also, anybody down. I'm just saying I had more and more fun listening to Jim. Thank you very much. Put, you're Some putting me over. Better. That's it. They're they all very entertaining. Treat, I was better. 
<laughs> we also treat each other with respect, and they treat each other like shit. Like they hate each other. Yes, yeah. it can't be entertaining. Unless you start talking jujitsu with Chris. Yeah, watch out. Listen, I just don't want you to sound dumb because then the jujitsu cops will come to your house and they, they'll juju you. They'll juju you. <laughs> they'll juju come you. Come here, me. Gamora <laughs> is all over the place. All right, thanks for joining us this week and join us here every week at Wrestling Is Hard. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hard Number Four Wrestling. Subscribe and follow. Tell your friends. If you enjoy this show, tell your friends. Make it worth our while. Let's get over fifty people listening a week, please. I can't watch AEW much more, <laughs> much more weekly if I'm the only one. Better sell, sell, please. sell on Ring Rust. Please, please, please. Everybody and Chris, I'm Jim, and we'll be back here next week.